I want to talk to you this morning, we're still continuing our series in Lent, I want to talk to you this morning about trusting God. We tend to have um, an issue with trust. I don't know if you've noticed that out there in the world today, especially after all that's gone down in our world over the past few years, there's a lot of trust issues. I mean, there always has been, but it kind of brought things to light a little bit more. It's very difficult for people to trust anymore. Um... And that is under, very understandable. I don't know if you know about what's going on out there, but there is this thing called artificial intelligence or AI, and you don't even know what you're watching if it's real or not. You can't tell. You can't tell between a real person on a video and an artificial intelligently made person. This thing is getting out of control. It's amazing in and of itself, but it's also terrifying in other ways. And so there's got to be a balance, and, and I believe in the next few years, if not sooner, you're going to see a lot of stuff going down uh, because of artificial intelligence. It's everywhere. It's getting better, and it's getting better. Um, you can't tell. You cannot tell. And the, the, the artificial intelligence computers and stuff can write songs. They can write books. They can do videos. They can do advertising. They can tell you anything they want. You can actually think that that's a celebrity telling you something, and it's not even close. They get the voices right. They get the actions right. They get it all right. Because artificial intelligence is reading the world we live in. And it's getting very human-like. And so I understand why, uh, why trust is a, is a big, big issue. Um, and so we struggle, like never before, with trust. When we feel like we're being lied to, it's just a slippery slope as we move down where we think everyone is lying to us. And it becomes very difficult. And the longer that's left to fester, the bigger problem we will have individually and corporately uh, as we move forward. And so no wonder why there's so many young people nowadays, especially, but there are you know, the, the rest of us that are up there, a lot of young people are struggling with anxiety, with stress, they don't know what to do about it, and that has a lot to do, I believe, and they have done studies with, with screen time on these things. Uh, you don't want to blame all of it for that, but that's part of it. Uh, psychologically, there's things going on there that we, can't, we will find out even more later as we, as we uh, go throughout life. We'll realize how much damage that that has done. I don't know if you know, some countries are putting limits on what, how long people can be, how kids can be on the internet and stuff, which is smart, just to kind of pull that back. But anxiety is real. Fear is very real. A lot of this isn't any different than in the past. It's just moving faster, and it's, it's just a little bit different as far as how it's coming about. But the fear and anxiety is there. And, you know, if you have read in your scripture, I want to read a little, little verse for you that I'm hoping will give you a bit of ease when it comes to fear and anxiety. Now, different versions say different things, um, but this particular version says, Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Another version says, don't be anxious, which I really like that, that uh, translation because anxiety is so real. Now, we also have to make sure that we're not 
We, we have to teach our young people, and we need to start as soon as possible. We need to start right now, that their anxiety and adversity kind of go together. Okay? When something is difficult, when there's something that you're going through, a trouble, a trial, whatever, um, that is adversity, and that's okay. Adversity is normal. The anxiety that you get when you are going through troubles or doing something, it, it, it's, it's real, but you can manage it. Now, again, there's, there's certain cases where you know, they need more help, and, and that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. If there's a chemical issue or something like that within our body. But anxiety and adversity go hand in hand. And when something is difficult, you will feel anxious. And we need to be able to manage that anxiety. And one way I learned how to deal with anxiety as a young person, because I had a lot of stuff going on in my life with my parents and all that fun stuff, uh, was that I just threw myself in threw myself in the pool, whatever it was, whatever the problem was, whatever the difficulty was, I just threw myself in full bore and just let's see what happens. Because if you don't, you won't build up a resiliency on how to deal with that type of stuff. And as many of you know, within the fire department, you're very, I do a lot of things that you might feel uncomfortable with doing if you happen to see it out on the street. I throw myself in. You have to throw yourself in. The very first cardiac arrest I ever went to, I had to throw myself in. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it do you, are you anxious that you'll make a mistake? Of course. Are you anxious that this person's life is in your hands? Yes. But you go for it, and you dive in. And so I want to encourage you today that, that we can beat this anxiety. We can beat the fear by facing it head on, not by ourselves, but with the help of God. And I hope you realize that. It's very important. So I want to read this scripture verse to you this morning. By the way, that other uh, scripture verse was Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. If you want to write that down, look it up later. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your phone. Put it wherever you need to put it to see it. Tattoo it on your eyelids. I don't care where you put it, but make it happen. Trust me, it'll, it'll make a difference in your life. Today we're going to read Psalm chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. And, and the psalmist says this, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep and slumber or sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. You see, I want you to know today that God is your source. He is our source of safety in the world where there are many dangers. And now we've talked about this. We, we, we mentioned dangers. You'll go to churches for years, all throughout my life. People would say, it's dangerous out there. There's dangers. There's struggles. There's all sorts of things. And you just go, yeah, there are. But what are they? Let's put, let's put a face to these things so that we understand. Maybe you already know, and that's cool. But let's just mention a few. Temptation is one. Temptation to do wrong. That's a hardship. That's a struggle. That's a danger. Doubt. Doubt in who God is is a danger. Hardships in life, things we can't control, they can overtake us and become a danger. Spiritual warfare, things we can't see that are going on, things that are happening around us, difficulties. We don't know what's happening in the spiritual world. And that's why we need to pray. That's why we need to be ready at any moment 
And that's why you need to come here for pre-service prayer on Sunday mornings. Nice and early, just like the Lord wanted it to be. False teachings. These are things that take you astray, that take you away from who the character of God is. I'm so sick of false teachings. There are primary theologies, primary things that we know that are the, they're that. They're, they're what they are. They are the main thing. And then there's secondary things that we get into fights about that I think are silly. It doesn't mean that you're wrong or that person. It just means we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful what we're fighting about. Can we have discussions, open discussions and disagree? Have it all the time. I do it all the time. I go to a seminary where I'm dealing with all sorts of different types of backgrounds. Baptists, Mennonites, E.V. Freeze, United Church, you name it. And then here comes the old Pentecostal, who's a lot different than them. So we're able to have those conversations because false teachings are everywhere. And we need to be very careful. If any teaching, and this is why you got to be in the Word, if any teaching takes you away from who the character of God is and who he has showed us who he is through Scripture, then stay away from it. Pretty simple rule, right? If it's going to take you away from God and put the focus on you or someone else, toss it. Get rid of it. That's how you know if it's false. If it's something that someone is forcing you or making you or saying, get rid of it. So there's false teaching and deception. I mean, deception is everywhere. Complacency and apathy, where we're just like, eh, eh, whatevs, whatevs doesn't matter anymore or it's kind of like oh, I see that mm. don't become apathetic about your spiritual walk about who God is about how to serve other people don't become apathetic be like they can they can do their own thing if we had people downstairs that were like ah those kids can eat food and find it somewhere else we'd never be serving those kids and feeding those kids so that they can learn and become something better if we had apathy about it, it's like, eh, there's food everywhere. Go find it. No. No. Don't become complacent in your spiritual walk. Dig into his word. Find out who God is through scripture. It's important. And then the big one, self-reliance and pride. <clears throat> These are dangers. These are dangers when it's all about us individually and nobody else. We put ourselves first in everything we do. Those are dangers. Some of these dangers are external and some of them are internal that we toil with inside, meaning we can't really do much about it when there are external issues that impact that. But it's important to know that we can trust God and that he is able to deliver us from all of our internal and external Issues. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to go through them. And that's where Christianity gets this, this thing where people think, well, if I become a Christian, it's all going to be solved. It's not true. It's not true. You're going to walk through things with God. And he's going to walk with you through those things. And in the end, you'll come out stronger. And then you will be able to help others. So it's important to know that we can trust him and then he will deliver us from a lot of these things over time. And there might be things that you'll struggle with your whole entire life. And who knows why? But if we put our faith in him, if we trust in him, there's a reason, and we've got to figure that out. So Psalm 121, the one we just read, 
verses 1 to 8, reminds us that God is the source of our safety. He, in a world full of these things that are pulling us in every direction, and it tells us that we can trust God, that he can deliver us from our enemies, internal and external. And as we look at this psalm, as we've read it, as we've absorbed it, let us look at three things that, that helps us trust God a little bit more and live in confidence because of him. Firstly, we need to understand that God is our protector and he is our keeper. The first four verses starts out by declaring that, that he looks to the hills for help but recognizes that his help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He's looking around trying to find some help but then realizes God created that. He's bigger than this. And this, this psalmist acknowledges that God is his protector and his keeper and he watches over him day and night. So we can trust that God's going to protect us. He's going to care for us. And he's always going to watch over us. I think sometimes we get mixed up with, with what we think watching over us means. We think that means no problems, no issues, no struggles. It's not true. When you go through things and you come out the other side, when you've put your trust in him, you will be stronger. You will be stronger. And you will see a side of God that maybe you didn't see before. When we face these difficult situations and circumstances that cause that fear, that cause that anxiety, we can choose to trust God and get his protection. We can declare, like the psalmist did, that God is our source of safety. He is the one that will protect us and that he's able to deliver us. It means we don't rely on our own strength. We don't rely on just our own strength to overcome any of our challenges, any of our difficulties, but we can depend on God's provision and his power to walk with us through these issues. Secondly, God is able to protect us from all evil. And again, I think we misunderstand what that means. But this particular scripture, the, the author acknowledges that the da dangers are coming from everywhere no matter where he looks. But he's confident that God will protect him. And he uses this image of the sun and the moon to describe how God is watching over. Because no matter when you look, it's, it's there, either the moon or the sun. But it emphasizes that God is bigger than just the moon and this, bigger than anything we can imagine. And so if he is truly that God, he will protect us. We need to also recognize that this uh, protection isn't just one moment in time. It's not just now, but it extends throughout our entire lives. This means that we can trust him every single step of the way. Even when we face trials, even when we face struggles, even when we're going through difficulties. Instead of focusing solely on our circumstances that we're in, we can look ahead and see we've talked about this a long game the long game that perspective that we can see that God is worthy of our trust and he is working things out for his good and for ours as well but we will go through these struggles so he's able to protect us the third thing is that God is is always with us no matter what no matter what, even in those times when we feel like he's not there and we could, we could 
swear beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is not there. He is. He is. Ever been discussing something with somebody who's going through a hard time and they're talking to you, but you have no words and you just sit there and you just listen. You just listen. You don't respond. You don't have to say anything. You just let them talk. That's God in your struggles. He's listening. Listening to what you're saying. And I have to tell you that he can handle anything. He's got big shoulders. He can handle wherever you are at mentally. I remember when I was a little kid struggling with my parents' divorce and and all that was going on and all the nonsense, and I was mad at God. Well, you know, I'd rather you be mad at God than think he doesn't even exist. I'd rather you be mad at God and tell him you are than you just say, I'm done with this and move along. I would rather that. And God walked me through so many things. Did it take away the hurt? Did it take away the pain? Did it take away the loneliness, the frustration, the anger, the sadness? No, it didn't take it away. But it helped me walk through it. And in the end, I became stronger. And I understood that it's not about me. And it gave me this peace and compassion inside that I could extend to my own family. That's tough when all you want to do is reach out and touch someone in a real aggressive way when you're struggling. But it gave me that understanding, something I never thought I could get. I never thought I would be able to do. I never thought I'd be able to forgive. I never thought I'd be able to have peace with it and understanding. But God walked me through that. And I don't blame anyone for any situation. I just allow God to show me what he wants to show me. But he's always with us. He's always with us. This scripture talks about how God will keep us safe. Both as we go out and as we come in from now and forevermore. It will be in every season God will protect us. In every season of risk And let's not forget, in every season where we're on a high, where things are going well, he's still with us. We forget that. We just like to wallow in all that other stuff. We just really enjoy it because we're human. But we can have confidence knowing that his presence is with us and he will be able to protect us. And so when we face these challenges or these difficulties, our natural tendency may be to look and seek for help from human sources, which, by the way, is a good thing in many ways. When we need help, assistance, counseling, doctors, medical, whatever, that's a positive thing. But to just rely on that, ask God to use that. Help us to rely on him as well as human sources and some of our own ability to solve problems. God gave you a brain, use it. God gave you friends that care about you, use them to come alongside and help, and they should be willing to do it. We can seek God's guidance through wisdom and prayer, and we can trust that he will provide for us the resources and the support that we need to overcome any obstacle that is in our way. And so by coming to him first and laying it down at his feet, we demonstrate that our faith is Uh, Our faith in his power and provision is the key to lay it down at him. We invite him to work in us, and we invite him to work through 
us. Eugene Peterson uh, has a great way of uh, explaining things, and he says that in Psalm 121, it's a quiet voice gently and kindly telling us that we are perhaps wrong in the way we are going about the Christian life and then very simply showing us the right way. He says that in the previous psalm, uh, it, it gets the Christians started on the, on the, on the journey um, and it put a name to the confusion, uh, the bewildering feelings that, that people have and the distrust that made us dissatisfied and restless with this way of life and that because of that, we ignored God or rejected him and it prodded us into repentance because of that understanding. It pushed us in a direction. But no sooner did we plunge in, as he says, expectantly and enthusiastic into the river of the Christian faith, then we got our noses full of water and we came up coughing and choking. We came up coughing and choking. And no sooner did we confidently uh, stride out into the road of faith, we tripped on an obstruction and we fell hard to the surface, bruising our knees and elbows. For many, that is the very first Christian faith surprise. You come along thinking that if I accept Jesus, it's going to be okay. And then we trip up. Have you, ever, have you ever tripped or stubbed your toe? Have you ever tripped in front of a group of people and they laughed at you? We do it. We go through struggles. We go through trials. These things happen. Somehow, this life is not what we thought it would be. We expected something quite different in this Christian life. And that's why many people leave. That's why many people leave the faith. We expected Eden and Jerusalem, but we got something completely different, not what we wanted. We were rudely awakened, and we were looking for help, scanning to the horizon, asking if someone would give us help. And in this scripture, he says, I look up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? Not from the mountain comes from the one who made it, the one who created the mountains, the one who created this earth. Psalm 121 is the neighbor coming over to tell you you're doing it the wrong way. You need to do it a little bit differently. You're looking in the wrong place for help. Psalm 21 is addressed by those of us who to those of us who disregard God, gazed in the distance all around, trying to make some kind of decision and trying to figure out how to fix their problems and too busy focusing on what's around them instead of who's above and who's in charge and who's the most powerful. It reminds us that we can trust God in his protection and his care for us in a world full of struggles and dangers and difficulties. According to this passage, a believer can trust God by recognizing that God's word contains all the provisions we need on our faith journey. Spurgeon uses this illustration of, of lawyers. He said, um, to explain this, this verse, he said, just as lawyers include a general term in their legal documents to cover any 
possible contingencies, God has given us his word. God has given us his word to provide everything that we need to live a godly life as we face these challenges. Now, as we study it, we learn who God's character is. We know who he is. We obey. And some of those things include very specific uh, direction, very, very specific guidance for circumstances. But it also gives us general principles that we can follow that can be applied to other circumstances, to different circumstances. And so by doing this, by understanding his word and knowing who God is, understanding the general principles and the things that he specifically says, we can be confident that God will guide us and provide us every step of the way. But if you're not in the word, if you don't understand who God is, if you don't know his character, you will not see it. You will miss it. This scripture reminds us that he cares for us, even in the difficult times. But you can have confidence in his ability to deliver you from both internal and external issues. We don't have to rely on our own strength, our own resources to overcome these challenges, but we can depend on God for his power, for his provision. And his power comes through the Holy Spirit, which he gave to us. And Jesus said, I'm going to send you someone to come. As we face challenges, as we face difficulties, and we we have fear and we have anxiety, we can choose in those times to trust God. God. Seek his help. We, we demonstrate our faith in his power and provision, and we invite him to work in and through us when we go to him, when we come to him. So I hope today you'll be encouraged by the fact that God is with you. He is with us. He will keep us safe as we go in and we go out, as we come and as we go from now on. So I want to ask you two questions this morning. I'm going to get you to stand. I'm going to ask Pastor Caleb to come and just play a few songs. I want to ask you two questions. Have you been trying to do everything on your own? Have you been just saying, you know what, God, I got this. Or God's too busy. Or you know what, I just don't think he can help me. Ask yourself that question. Have you been trying to do it on your own? And do you need to lay some things down at the feet of Jesus Christ this morning? Do you need to place them at his feet and go, you got to take care of this. You got to help me with this. Those are two questions I want you to ask. I'm going to close in prayer and those that need to go, you can go, but then we're going to, I'm going to ask those in the prayer line to come up and there'll be somebody here that can pray with you. But ask yourself those questions. Have you been trying to do everything on your own? And there are, there are some things you need to lay down at his feet. It could be one thing. It doesn't have to be a whole list. Why don't we work at one thing at a time and lay him at his feet? So let me close in prayer, and then I'll ask the prayer team to come forward. Father, thank you that we can come and lay our burdens at the feet of Jesus Christ. If we've been trying to do things on our own without your help, I, I just pray that that'll change today. And as we come and as we go, that we will put our faith and our trust in you. That we will set aside the fear and anxiety. And even though we may feel that, help us walk through that fear. Help us walk through that anxiety. Because you tell us to cast our cares. To set them aside. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. 
because you are with us. And so as we come and as we go, let us be ready to serve you. Let us put things aside. It's a process. It's a journey. We're still on this journey to be better, to be more like you. And so help us to get there. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Thank you that we would come and worship you. Help us to focus on what you want us to do in this community as a church to reach out to those that need you. And as we come and pray together about some of our own needs that we have, I pray that you will give us the right words. And Sometimes that means being silent. If there's those in the room that need healing, that there be healing, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. We lay it at your feet. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to encourage you to come forward. If you have a need, we can anoint you with oil for healing. Uh, If you are unable to stay, God bless you, and we will see you.